Welcome to the Life Point Church podcast. Good morning. So um, it's good to be with you this morning. And so we are in the middle of a series called This Is Us. Obviously, I stole that from a TV show, that title, but that's all I stole from them. Um, here's why we're doing this series is because this series is about our core values, which are, are our um, core principles, our DNA, um, the things that we um, have determined as a team are our guiding principles about uh, how we do ministry. And now it's not our beliefs, but it's our core values. And so here, here's why we've been spending some time on those because uh, we're getting ready to launch into a new year, a new season. We're getting ready to move as a church in a few months. And, and, I, and I feel like there's a whole new season for us in ministry and capacity and opportunity. And so I'm, uh, as a team, we're praying about even some changes to how we do things and schedules and all of that stuff. But I want to just review who we are at the core. That's what we've been doing. And so um, next weekend, I'm going to take a weekend off of the series, and we're just going to have ourselves a cool gratitude Thanksgiving weekend with communion. And then we'll come back to this and hit two more weeks, and I will end on a week talking about um, what God's going to do in our move. And I'm also going to tell you what God told me about 2020. So we'll end this series there, and then it will be Christmas. So, But every one of these weeks <clears throat> are important. And so Pastor Devin and Jen did a great job last week talking about the fact that we're generational. We're not about the next generation. We're about the now generation, which means youngest to the oldest. <clears throat> uh, we want to empower <clears throat> pardon me, every generation. So that's just part of what is in our heart. A couple weeks ago, uh, we started this series off and said one of our values is that we grow. And it's a, a passion of ours that we're learning to live a life of faith. And I really talked about being a disciple. And I just challenge you to evaluate, because Jesus never called us Christians. He called us disciples, which means a learner or a follower. And I just asked the question, how good are you following? And in one of those, uh, I listed some signs that you're a disciple. And one of those is that you give your life away. That's not um, trendy in the kind of world we live in, the culture we live in, or the way we do life in our, our little sphere. But really what God calls you to do and me to do as a follower is to give our life away. And that goes against everything that is in our flesh, our wants, and our desires. Have you ever noticed that? But Jesus always did a couple things. Big crowds were following him, and he thinned the crowds out. Not because he didn't like crowds, because he was going after the heart and the core and the commitment of people who would give their lives away. And I'll just say it just this way, that if he gave his life away for us, can't we in return give our life away for him? And so we're going to pick up this week and, and continue this series. And several years ago now, um, it was September of 1991. How many remember where you were in September of 1991? Unfortunately, some of you are like, well, I wasn't here yet. That makes me feel horrible. Um, <laughs> but I uh, started working at a church in my very first message. Now, you can maybe just try to guess what my very first message would have. Now, I spoke to youth and I spoke uh, on some mission outreach. But first time I, I spoke to big people, <laughs> um, my message was on what I want to share with you today. And I'm glad it probably exists nowhere because I don't know what I said. 
um, or what it was worth, probably not much. I've learned a few things since then. But I want to share with you this morning the very first topic I, I ever preached. And so let's start in the book of Philippians. Let's go to chapter 2. This is the Passion Bible, and it says this. And I, and I want you to get this because Paul was writing, and he's basically saying we should have the same heart and attitude that Jesus had. I mean, no, that makes sense. So it says this, abandon every display of selfishness. How many know you don't write that in your daytime, everyone? Here's my goal for today. Abandon every display of selfishness that's in me. How many know that's painful, right? How many of you know one of the biggest things marriage did in your life was show you how selfish you were? Okay, none of you. Okay. Um, <laughs> abandon every selfish display, or display of selfishness. Possess a greater concern for what matters to others instead of just your own interest. And consider the very example that Jesus, the anointed one, gave us. Let the mindset Jesus had be your what? Motivation. Isn't that a statement? Let the mindset that Jesus had be what motivates us. That, that's an awesome, awesome statement. He existed in the form of God, yet he gave no thought to seize equality with God as his supreme prize. Instead, look what Jesus did. He emptied himself, or he gave his life away. He emptied himself of his outward glory by reducing himself to the form of a lowly what? Servant. Everyone say servant. He became human. He humbled himself. He became vulnerable. He chose to be revealed as a man, and he was obedient. He was the perfect example, even a perfect example, in his crucifixion and his death. And so one of the core values that we have here, when I say core values that we have, it shouldn't be what the team writes down. It should be this is what we all adopt. This is what we all breathe. This is all of our DNA, and it's this, we serve. Everyone say, we serve. And the way that we word it is this, we're passionate about serving others with excellence and with honor. Excellence and honor. We're passionate about that. Um, excellence means you do the very best that you can do. Comes from the word excel. The word honor means to value something. So the Bible tells us whatever we do, we should do it with everything we have as unto the Lord. And the Bible tells us what we honor and how we honor and what we put value on is what God takes to bring honor back into our lives. If we honor God, God honors us. If we treat it with low esteem or we dishonor, then God doesn't honor us in those areas. So one thing that we're passionate about is doing the best we can for the Lord, honoring others by what? Serving them. Serving is just a big deal to us. And every once in a while, we need to hear about serving. And I get it. It may not be the most hyped up message, but it is one of the most important ones because as we just read, the Bible said the mindset that Jesus had should be what motivates us. What was his mindset? That he didn't come to be served, but he came to what? Serve. And so what does serving mean? Let me just give you a few things that serving means. Uh, a servant is one who attends to the needs of others voluntarily. I volunteer to serve the needs of somebody else. It could also mean this, a servant gives up their will to advance the cause of another. 
So I give up my selfish desires to advance the cause of someone else. There are a few different words in the New Testament for serving or for servant. Probably the most consistent or the one that's most applicable here is the word deacon. You may have been to, uh, attended a church before and they had deacons. Um, we don't use that language a lot today, but basically here's what a deacon is. A deacon means one who waits on tables. So what does that mean as a church? We could say it this way. It's one who takes the responsibility for caring for the church. And he calls, Jesus calls all of us to be deacons and all of us to be servants. Now some churches, they elect deacons, but really we're all called to be deacons and we're called to care for the church. One of the most important things to Jesus is his bride. Husbands, one of the most important things to you is what? Your bride. The church is the bride of Jesus. So he puts us in his house to serve, to do what? To care for his church. Let me give you another scripture in the book of Matthew it says this, Jesus, uh, let me set this up first of all, Jesus, his team started arguing with each other, and this was their argument, who, who was going to be the greatest in the kingdom? Who had the most important seats? Who, uh, who had their name on the billboard? Uh, who was most important? Who was going to be most popular? And Jesus said, I know your thoughts, and this is what he said about them. Jesus, knowing their thoughts, called them to his side, and he said this to him. He said, kings... And those with great authority in this world, they rule oppressively over their subjects, just like tyrants. But this is not your calling. You will lead by a completely different what? Model. Jesus has a different model. We have a different model to go by. The greatest one that is among you will live as the one who is called to what? Serve up. So you want to be great, descend, you descend into greatness. And if you want to be great in the eyes of God, the Bible says this, he takes special notice of what? Serving, caring for his church. Because the greatest honor and authority is reserved for the one who has a heart of what? An evangelist, a great preachers, men and women of great faith, right? No, they have a heart to just what? To serve. For even the Son of Man did not come expecting to be served by everyone but he came to serve everyone, and he gave his life in exchange for the salvation of many. Jesus came to serve. If God's son, if, his, if the model we have is Jesus, Jesus came as a what? <clears throat> as a servant. He said, I didn't come to be served. I actually came to what? Lay down my life and serve and be obedient for the will and purpose of God. And by Jesus becoming a servant, and he served the will of God, he made a way for us, what? To be saved. Jesus made a way by doing what? Being obedient as a servant. And the Bible said the same mindset he had, which was just to give his life away, should be our motivation. I mean, what motivates us? What motivates us as believers? It should be what? To, to serve, to have the same mindset that Jesus actually had. Now, let, let me lay two heavy things on you, and then I'll get really practical for just a few moments. Uh, the Bible says there are these two eternal questions every one of us has to have the right answer to. Eternal questions, not temporary. Eternal questions that you and I have to have the right answers to. Uh, one of them's in the book of Revelation, one of them's in the book of Corinthians, and, and it talks about judgment. And, and so the Bible says this, at the end of it all, there's going to be the great white throne judgment. Y'all read about that? Uh, a few weeks ago on uh, First Wednesday, I actually taught on those two judgments. But the first one is this, is that there's going to be this great white throne judgment, and there's going to be a question. 
the question that most of you have answered correctly. And if you haven't answered correctly, we need to fix this question. And it, it would simply be this question. I'll put it in my words. What did you do with my son? God's going to ask that question. What did you do with my son? Well, we know this as believers. We recognize that Jesus is the Christ. He's the Messiah. He's the anointed one. He's the son of God. And we put our faith in him. We call him Lord of our lives. We surrender to him. So if you are a born-again believer, actually you are not judged at the great white throne judgment. You're not judged there. which is a good thing, all right? It's really a judgment place for unbelievers. But you have to answer that question, what are you going to do or what have you done with his son? The Bible said actually his son is the only doorway to heaven. There's no other way. But then the Bible talks about this thing called the Bema seat. Have y'all ever heard of the Bema seat? It's a Greek word and it's called the judgment seat of Christ. And believers... um, will be before the Bema seat, which is a Greek word that basically, let me explain it to you this way. Uh, How many of you love the Olympics? Here's what I like about the Olympics, right? At the end of whatever event it might be, uh, whoever wins the gold, then there's the silver and the bronze, but the gold gets to stand up on that podium and they play the anthem of their country and they put that medal around their neck. The Bema seat It's where you and I as believers get rewarded. It's actually not a place of judgment. It's a place where your life is evaluated. It's a place where you are rewarded by the motives of your heart, what you've done. So as a believer, you're not judged. You're actually evaluated and rewarded. That's good news. So the first question you have to answer correctly is, what did you do with God's son? And the second one is, to be evaluated and rewarded at the Bema seat is, what have you done or what did you do with everything I gave you? What did you do with his son, and what did you do with everything that he gave you? That's two eternal questions that you and I have to answer. And as a servant, as a follower of Christ, a believer, we've answered the question, we believe in Jesus as the Son of God. But what about what you're doing with your life as a servant? That's what, that's, there, are, there are different crowns that are, that are given out in heaven, and I'm not going to go through all of those, but we have to answer this question, everything God's done for me? Everything God's blessed me with, what have I done with all of that? That's another question we're going to be at, we have to answer, we'll be evaluated. So this is the deep stuff. So let's just talk about, as a servant, what it really costs us, what it really means to be a servant. And I believe there are these three things, and we'll build here for a little bit. Y'all doing all right? Here we go. The first thing is this, is serving is involvement, or serving costs you involvement. So if I'm really a servant, that means I'm going to sacrifice or I'm going to be involved. And the Bible says this in Corinthians. It said there is something that is required. It actually uses the word steward, which is the word servant. So if you call yourself a believer, then our heart has to be that we become servants because that's the example Jesus gave, right? Y'all with me? So if we're going to be a servant, there's actually something required of us. And listen, let me just stop here. Sometimes in America, we don't like the word required, If I got up here and say, okay, I'm going to require something, there's just something in our flesh that goes, you don't have the right to do that. Well, the Bible says there's something that's required of a servant, and that's that you're faithful. A faithful steward is a responsible servant. And here's what that means. I'm faithful to do what God said to do 
how he's told us to do it. You know what that means sometimes? We have to set aside our opinions, our functions, our thoughts, and say, God, it's not about mine, it's about yours. That's what, it's, that's what it means to give your life away. So to be involved, above all, a servant is required to be faithful. Think about this statement. What you, let me make sure I read this the way I wrote it down. What you do for yourself is going to die with you. But what you do for someone else lives on. It's eternal. Seeds, sowing, it's futuristic. It's in the future. But what you do for you dies with you. But man, what you do for his church, what you do for somebody else, it lives on. That's the stuff God takes notice of. That's the stuff God rewards. Unfortunately, I think sometimes we have a list of excuses of why we're not serving like God's called us to serve. God's called us to be involved. And so here's just a few of my excuses, and, and if you've ever used one of those, don't, I'm, I'm not picking at you. I just wanted to bring some to light. We live in a, we live in a world, like here, here's one of the excuses. I'm just too busy. So you're going to tell me that when we're standing before God to receive our trophies and we stand before God to be rewarded, and God's a rewarder, right? Well, I don't want no rewards. No, we all like rewards, and God is a rewarder, the Bible says. He's a good father. Isn't that what good fathers do? They reward. But there's going to be rewards from the motive of our heart. And one of those is how did we serve his church? And are you telling me that I could say to God, well, I, I know you gave your life for the church, and I know you love the church, and, and I know you love me, and you gave your life, but I'm just a little bit too busy to serve. Now, let me say this. There can be reasons for things, but we cannot let our reasons turn into our excuses. But as a servant, it's just going to cost us involvement. But the excuse of, I'm just too busy. Here's another one. I'm not spiritual enough yet. When I get more spiritually mature and perfect, I don't have it all together yet. There's not a, the requirement for serving is not you got it all together. The requirement is what? You be faithful. And let me give you a few more. I actually got seven. I'll go through them fast. Um, I just don't want to. So my youngest daughter, she'll be here for the next experience, but my wife told her to do something last night. And I don't know what she was thinking. She just said, I don't want to. <laughs> I'm like, now, your kid ever done that to you? I'm like, did I just hear what I thought I heard? Like, she's like, no. Like, Why would you say that? I don't want to. I said, this is not about what you want. Okay, you're laughing. But what, what if that's what we said? I just don't want to. I, I don't want to serve. I, don't want, I, don't, I just don't want to. How about this one? Um, I don't really have that much to offer. I, I, that's saying what God put in you is not good enough. How about this? Sometimes we, this can be a reason, but it can turn into an excuse. I was burnt out or abused by another church before, and I just, let's take a poll. How many have ever been burnt out or abused by a church? How about this one? 
I just want to watch from a distance, not commit myself too much. One of the biggest problems in the American church today is we are spectators and not participants. We're spectators in worship and we're spectators in the house and it's a bad trend. It's a bad trend. Here's my other one. They don't need me. They already have enough help. Not all those are excuses. They're just, they're, and they're bad excuses. And excuses are only good enough for those who are weak enough to use them. But as a servant, if the mindset of Jesus is my motivation, I'm getting involved. And even if some of those might be a reason, they cannot stay an excuse. And I'm not here to beat you up. I'm just saying God's called us to serve. Remember why we're doing this series is, guys, we're launching into a new season, a new place, and we need more people jumping on board to serve. Bottom line, we, we, and this is, we're passionate about this, to serve with excellence and to serve with honor. Why would we serve, even if you don't like to serve? Because I'm honoring God. That's why I serve. Well, they put me in the parking lot. Well, that's what you signed up for. I'm in the parking lot. I don't like how, I think you should park over here. Not, no, it's not about, the, it's about honoring God. Now, nobody in the parking lot did that. I just made that up, right? We have awesome parking lot guys. They were out there cold, in the cold this morning setting up signs, parking cars. Um, so as a servant, it's going to cost you involvement. It means the opposite of what the culture that we live in tells us to do. The second thing is, is serving is an investment. It's an investment. I just read an excuse that says, well, I don't have much to offer. God gave you three things, and you're going to have to answer what you did with these three things to him one day. Your time, your talent, and your treasure. There's three things. Every person listening to me in this room, on video, that is three things we all possess. Time, talent, and treasures. And by time... Obviously, we understand what time is. That's the most important commodity. You know, time is not something you can save. It's only something you can spend. So we should spend it what? Extremely wisely. Very, very wisely. But at, at the end of it all, and it's okay for you to have some me time, I get it. But man, if your me time is overriding his time, we've missed the whole thing. We're giving our life away by caring for his church, by serving other people. It's going to cost us some time. I, I think I was sharing this one time. A friend of mine, I might have shared this just a couple weeks ago. A, a friend of mine who's a pastor was over uh, an intern program, and he had a lot of these young interns, and he brought them in. He was giving them the, their orientation, and as he went through everything, he got to the end of it, and, and he said, any questions about our schedule? And one of the intern, new interns raised their hand. They said, I was looking at the schedule. It seems pretty full. And this is what they said. I didn't notice much me time on that schedule. He actually, I was talking to him. He goes, what would you say in that instance? I said, I don't think you want to know what I might say in that instance, but, but think about that. I need some, now I'm not saying you don't need some rest and recovery, but I'm just saying it, we're, our me time starts to override our we time. We're missing the mindset of Jesus. It's going to cost us some time. And how about talents? God, God gave you all talents. So, so God is so cool. The Bible said that everyone brings a supply. And when you're lacking in your supply, it hurts the overall function. So some of you do so good at, at certain things and others do so good. At, that's just the way God made us. He passed out gifts and he passed out talents. 
And the worst thing to do, they say the, the, the most wealthiest place in the world is a graveyard because there's all this potential that died and it was never used. God put, he gave you a gift of time and he gave you the gifts of talents. Your talent might be working with children. It might be, uh, you might have this great, uh, you know, just warmth about you that you could stand at a door and you could shake a hand or you could help us in a part or, or maybe it's music or production or, or, or whatever it might be, your, your talents and then our treasure, which is what? It's our resources. These are three things we have that I believe need to be sown into the kingdom. Our time, our talents, and our treasure. We stand before God, we're going to answer, what did you do with your money and your resources? What did you do with the gifts I put in you? The opportunities I gave you? What did you do with the time that I gave you? These are things we have to spend and spend wisely. If we, God doesn't have a problem with you spending some of your treasure on some fun but if that's all you spend it on and you haven't spent it on the kingdom or you haven't spent it on what the church is up to or what God's hand is up to, I think we're missing the overall picture because a servant is motivated by the model of Jesus. And the Bible said Jesus emptied himself of everything that he could have held on to and he became a what? A servant. So serving is going to cost you involvement. It's going to cost you investment. What are you investing and where are you investing? I want to show you a video real quick. It's just a few minutes um, long, but we actually used this video at one of our team nights. It's a couple in our church that started serving. They serve all the time. You'll recognize them. They're really funny, but this is a video we did about them uh, uh, at one of our team nights. I think people should be in, want to get involved just because we're all called to serve in one aspect or another. I think when we first started coming here, there was a lot going on. Like there was a lot of groups, and there was a lot. It was like it wasn't really where we like we didn't know what group we wanted to be in, what we wanted to do. We wanted to be involved, but we wasn't sure how to be involved. Um, but something that stuck out to me was. when we took our kids to Kids Point and how friendly everybody was. And our kids were really nervous and all of the volunteers just made them feel welcome. And we just saw like Sunday after Sunday, they were excited to come. And it was really encouraging to me as a parent that they were enjoying it so much. I got in man up and then it's like, hey, do you want to help with this, security for this? Like, yeah, of course, I'll do that. Then I always wrestle with like, I don't feel like I'm qualified or, you know, I don't really know where I belong. And just, um, you know, having the kids and Kids Point and just coming in and everybody being so friendly, um, you know, when people would ask me about volunteering, um, really after I was asked is when I, um, you know, decided to go ahead and sign up. I think people should be in, want to get involved just because we're all called to serve in one aspect or another. Everybody has some kind of talent or something that they can do to, you know, do what you were called to do. Like everybody is called to give something back to the church, whether it's a door greeter just to give somebody a smile or you know, you're parking somebody's car and you're helping somebody get out with the kids or something like that. Or her with, with the kids. When you finally get them to church after everybody's been screaming for 20 minutes, you're like, my gosh, I'm just ready to hand them over to somebody in the church. <laughs> and you go inside and pray for them. And whatever it is, I just think that everybody is called to do it. And deep down, 
everybody, I think, really wants to be involved with it one way or another. That they're like me, where half of it I was like, I know I can do it, I know I want to do something, but I need somebody just to say, hey, would you help me with this? And that's all I need. And then I'm your, I'm your guy. And, um, I lost my train of thought, I'm sorry. Um, you were thinking of me, wasn't you? He's, he's, okay, don't start because I can't, I'll never remember what I'm going to say. She saw my good side. She's like, there's a man I fell in love okay, with. I was gonna say. A lot of people think that, you know. Like they got soccer swim yeah, and all this stuff. And, you know, you think, I don't want to sign up for anything else. But it's not really. I want people to know, like, it's easy. It's, yeah. you know, you can schedule yourself. Um, it goes back to everybody's got a job to serve. Mm -hmm. And I think that the more people that do put themselves out there, if, if you, the more numbers we have, the easier it is on, on everybody as a team because you're not needed, you know, five Sundays in a row because, oh, wait, you know, somebody else is going to step in. Somebody else is going to pick up the workload. And something that, that I think is great that we do at Kids Point is we do a huddle before the um, class starts. And at the end, we pray, and at the end, we all kind of go in and we say, we get to do this. And really, it, that's the heart behind it. Like, we are excited that we get to be here. I'm excited to serve. Um, and like I said, just to see all the great things that God's doing here. No matter what kind of week I've had when I come here, um, you know, and I see the kids and I see their excitement and they really come expecting and um, when they're excited to see you, um, it just makes it worth every minute. And you know, when you have a kid that has maybe had a hard time and um, you know, has cried or maybe didn't want to stay and you know that one Sunday that they are like, they remember you and they want to stay and they have a great time and that feels so great because you know they're having a good time and you know their parents are you know in service and they're able you know to really get a word because they don't have to worry about their about their child and then when you see you know that same child like repeat to you you know the bottom line or their bible verse and you think wow they're you know they're really getting it and you, you know that everything you know showing up early you know putting in the time is so worth it do i really have nunchucks on the protection team it's distracting when you forget something in your life Hey, hey, that's going to be one of the questions, because I say I'm going to pull out my nunchucks all the time. That's one of the questions. Are do you, you have nunchucks? How nunchuck? do you quiet during service for 15 minutes? I talk myself through things. <laughs> I talk myself up for a situation. What if somebody comes through the door at this time? I'd hit with a ninja star. Do I really have one? They don't know. They're trying to get people to come to church not to be scared. I'm not, there's nothing to be scared about. I got you. So you're saying if you join the protection team, you get nunchucks? Possibly. I will not confirm or deny that. I'm not allowed to talk about those things. And I will not show you where I hide them. I think since we've started serving, um, I know we feel like life moves like very fast. and. We don't always get that that time together, and when we serve together, I feel like it's helped us grow closer. And then, um, you know, we've been able to do, um, you know, the Oak Mound outreach together, and also kids camp. And um, you know, it was awesome. You know, we both got to experience it and be with our kids. So I definitely think it's, you know, brought our family closer together. Also, it's really brought us. Um, some really great um, friendships with other people in the church. Um, they're, you know, 
people that we can rely on. They encourage us. Uh, we really look forward to, to meeting with them. And that's just really encouraged me, some of the relationships that I've, I've had, um, knowing that people are praying for me or praying for us. It's just, it's, it's, it's great. Everybody needs that, you know. We can't go through anything alone. It's not meant to be that way. I know I've heard Pastor Aaron say it a hundred times. You know, we're not made to live that way. And it's good, especially when you're serving with people, whether it be on the protective team or any other team, on the worship band, whatever it may be. And, and you need something like, man, I'm going through this rough patch right now, and it's just whatever may happen that day. And you reach out, like, text him, say, buddy, I'm having a rough day. And I got your back, man. I'm, I'm going to pray for you. And, and that's so comforting to know that, dude, everybody goes through it. You sit there and think, it's just me. Well, it ain't just you. It's, it's everybody. And to know that whoever it is has got you and, and going to lift you up and be like, I'm praying for you, man. It's just considered done. It's, it's already been taken care of. It's, it's a good feeling. And I think you'll get that when you, when you can put yourself out there and open yourself up to people when you're involved. So that was Ashley and, and Brandon. So um, from one of our team nights, and just to remind you, um, tonight is our team night, so make sure that you're making plans to be out here with us for that. So serving is involvement, serving is investment. Here's the last thing that serving is. Serving is influence. The greatest way to influence somebody is by what? By serving. We, we find that from the life of Jesus. And serving impacts the people and the places that we are responsible for. So I would say it this way is, how does it influence? You have a spear, you're born in a certain area of the country, you're in a certain region, and you're in a certain church, and this is our sphere. And I believe God's increasing our sphere, he's growing our sphere, but we're, we're responsible to have influence in this sphere. And the greatest influence that you and I can have is by what? It's by serving. And now, I, I, I know that maybe I shouldn't read this, but we all wanna know what's in it for us. That's just... You're human, right? So I thought I would give you this. Colossians says to remember that we will receive a reward from the Lord um, because it's Christ that we serve. There are some rewards to, to serving, and I'm going to go over these real quick, and I will wrap this up. Um, when we serve, it, it pleases God. So there, there are some actual scientific things that happens when you serve. One is you live longer. It is proven that you will live longer. Um, it is contagious. By you serving now, it impacts the future of the sphere that you're in. It will make your region better. It will make your city better. It will make your community better. How about this? It gives you great satisfaction. They say one of the greatest satisfaction you can have in your life is to serve and help other people. Um, how about this? Um, there are great physical benefits that go along with living longer. It relieves chronic pain and it lowers blood pressure. So if you have blood pressure, just serve. You're popping pills. All you got to do is surf. <clears throat> How about this? It creates a positive example because it alters the atmosphere. It al serving alters the atmosphere. I'm convinced one of the most spiritual things you can do right up there with prayer and everything else is serving. And here's, here's one of the, the greatest ones is that you bless other people. It makes you happy it actually puts um, endorphins off in your body because you're blessing other people. Now, we shouldn't do that just because of the results, but it gives us great influence. <clears throat> and we're getting ready to <clears throat> have greater influence and greater opportunity as a church, and I'll just be honest with you, to do some bigger things, we need more people on board. 
We need more people helping us do church and doing church better than we've ever done it. And we can shout about what God's going to do and all this, but how's God do it? He does it through you. He does it through people. He does it through our hands. How does God bless somebody? Through your hands. How does God help somebody? Through your hands. How does God love somebody? Through your hugs. How does God reach somebody? Through your words. That's how God does it. There's this really cool story in the Bible, and the Bible says that in the end, God's going to separate the goats from the sheep. And he said he's going to reward uh, the sheep with what he always designed for them to have, which is eternal uh, blessing. And he said to the sheep, you're getting that eternal blessing because you helped someone when they were hungry and you clothed somebody when they were naked and you gave someone a drink when they were thirsty. And the sheep said this, well, when were, when was that? And Jesus said, well, every time you helped somebody, you are actually serving Jesus. And then he turned to those who were the goats and he said this about them, that you failed to serve him by serving others. That's a story Jesus told. And so to wrap all of this up today, we're passionate about serving. So I wanna challenge you as the pastor, because one of the things that happens is our passion for serving sometimes gets diluted in routine. Week in, week out, busyness of life, here and there. And we miss and we forget and we fade away from and we're distracted from this statement that, G, that we read in Philippians. Let our motivation be the mindset of Jesus. Hey, we're all busy. We all got stuff going on. We all got things. But we're missing the model that Jesus set when he said, you want to be a real follower, a real disciple, be a what? A servant. You want to be greatly rewarded? You want to be great in the eyes of Jesus? Or you just want to be obedient to Jesus? Do what? Serve. Just serve and do it what? Faithfully. It's going to cost you an investment. It's going to cost you involvement. It's going to cost you influence in your sphere. But serving promotes the cause of Christ. And I believe this, it fulfills the cause of Christ. And our, now, if you love our area, if you love our region, if you love our church, then you're a deacon and you're supposed to care for his church. So I wanna end with this note today. I hope you got something good. I know sometimes serving is not the most exciting sermon, but there's a card on the seat back in front of you. And I wanna draw that to your attention because where do I serve? I believe there's a couple areas you serve. One, if you haven't joined our team, I want to encourage you to join our team. I, I believe there's a time where you come and you, you got to figure out, is this the church I want to be in? But then there's a time you're like, I want, to, I, I want to serve. That's what Jesus said to do. That's what a disciple does. They just keep being obedient. I serve. And there's different areas you can serve in. But if you haven't joined a team and you want to join a team, you've been motivated by me speaking today, at the top of that card, just mark and we'll follow up and tell you how and where to get involved. Um, obviously, another area you can serve in is you can get to serve in your community somewhere, and I'm not going to provide you those places, but you could do that. Or here's the last one, and it's on your card. Um, you can help us here in a few months because as we move, how I many know when you move, you, you need to put your touch on things? You need to remodel. So there's, there's, there's some help we need. We're going to tell you when that is. We don't have all those details yet, but um, we, we need some help. And so on that card, I think there's some things listed like this. Can you, I had someone say, you know what? I can't build anything, but I can tear stuff up. 
well, we have a spot for you. <laughs> there's some things that need demoed. There's lots of things that need cleaned. There's painting that needs done. There's different types of building that needs done. And you can mark those things on there. You can hand it to someone on the way out today. Uh, so I, I believe this, that that one thing God, as I mentioned, has called us to do is to serve. And so those are some opportunities and places for you to get involved. And let me wrap all of this up. Let's all stand to our feet. Um, <clears throat> I believe God has given us a big and growing vision. And in the Old Testament, the same word for vision is the same word provision. So if God provides vision, he provides provision. And we can shout about that, but guess who the provision is? It's me and you. So if God says, here's a vision, then he creates provision. That's why you're here. That's why I'm here. We're the provision God's provided for the assignment God gave our church for our region. And so um, I hope you got something good out of that today. I hope that that stirred you up and reminds you of something. And I want to close in prayer here. And, <clears throat> and as we leave... I, I want to make sure I say the right thing at the end here, and this keeps coming up to me, is that our minds can get flooded with busy, with worry, with selfishness, with our life. <clears throat> and a lot of times that's why the worry happens that I talked about. I think the people who worry the less are the purple, the people who serve the most because when you take care of God's house God takes care of yours and I want to challenge you in the face of just the trends of culture and the selfishness of our lives that's not what Jesus said to do or be he's our model he's our example if he came to give his life away what if we spent our days our hours and our time giving our lives away thanks for listening to the LifePoint Church podcast visit us online at lifepointcentral.com 